everyone. This is episode 513 of the Pixelated Sausage podcast for Monday, August 20th, 2018. I am your host, Mark Kuznez. Today I'll be talking about Polygod on... What is it? Undiscovered? <laughs> Unlocked edition? Un... something. Undiscovered. Is it undiscovered? I'm going to go check real quick because I don't remember what it's called. But spoilers, I don't like this game if it is what I think it is. It's not undiscovered. Unexplored. Unexplored. So I'll be talking about Unexplored Unlocked Edition and also Hero Defense. Maybe some movies. Probably not. I can't think of any off the top of my head. So this might be a shorter show, and I hope it is because I have a really bad headache. And I just want to get this over with, which is a great bit of motivation for recording any podcast. I just want to get this over with. And I'm sure that that's so uh, lovely to hear as a listener. Oh, they don't really care about this. They're just looking to get it over with. And that's true. So maybe I should actually get to the, the games and not talking about how I just want to get it over with and keep saying that. So Polygod. Polygod is a roguelike first person shooter very fast pace uh, and i've been playing on xbox one it has a very simplistic minimal art style very polygonal so very boxy uh pointy objects you know nothing too detailed uh a lot of different color schemes going on and the way the the world is created is by inputting a bunch of letters and numbers you know, lowercase, uppercase, whatever, uh, and that plants the seed that creates the world, and that means the world can be all at night. It can be very pastel, vibrant uh, colors, very, you know, uh, light colors. They could be dark. They could be very vibrant. They could be very uh, desaturated. You can get a whole bunch of different type of looking worlds uh, color-wise. They'll still have the same types of enemies in them and all that, but visually, uh, the the color scheme will differ greatly from world to world. Uh, and using this seed generation system, you can play the same uh, level as someone else. You know, you just be like, okay, let's input this combination of letters and numbers, and then you see you can do the best in there. Um, I don't think there's any type of leaderboard system in it, but you uh, have a gun. And you kill enemies, you collect souls, of course, which you then you can use for purchasing upgrades and what have you at various altars in a stage. And there are boss levels as well. And when you die, you start all over. The problem is, I can see the good game in Polygod. And that good game exists on PC where you can use a mouse and keyboard. Because it is a fast-paced shooter, and there's no kind of aim assist or anything like that, um, no like left trigger for iron sights or any kind of way to do precision shooting. It just feels like the controller is getting in the way of my enjoyment all of the time. I did not at any point not think about how much more enjoyable the game would be uh, if I was playing with a, uh, a mouse and keyboard. And because of that, I just, after an hour, I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm done with this. I don't really feel any desire or need to keep playing it on xbox like i would love to pick this up at some point on pc because it just 
feels 100% like a game that's made for PC. It just feels very frenetic and, and something where you need absolute precision. And you don't get that with analog sticks. You don't. Um, I'm sure there are certain people out there who are really, really good with a controller. But I don't think even those people can be as good as someone can be with a mouse and keyboard. It's just It's just a very different feel to it. And I like playing a lot of first-person shooters with an analog stick. But those tend to be ones that do have some kind of aim assist in them. Something that knows what the controller is good at doing and uh, amplifies that and focuses on that and then makes up for the, the things that it, it doesn't do quite well. And Polyguide doesn't do any of that. And because of that, like in the same way that I would not want to play Serious Sam on a console. I've played them on console. They feel okay, but ultimately when I'm playing them, just like with Polygon, I'm thinking, oh, this would be something I'd much rather play on PC. Um, so yeah, I, I'm feel I think like uh, the recent Doom did a good job with the controller because I don't think that had any kind of aim assist either. But that might also be just because the weapons have like big blast radius and they're just meant to cause a lot of damage and. Your pistol in Polygon, um, your, your initial pistol, is not, it, it doesn't shoot out the biggest bullets or anything, so maybe future weapons would make it a more enjoyable experience, but with the hour I put in the game, I just, I wasn't enjoying any of it, uh, and it sucks because I could see the, I can see a, 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 a version <laughs> not a version of myself but i can see how i could really enjoy it and like i said it's just changing the controller give me it on pc mouse and keyboard completely different story would i still end up would i end up liking it a lot i don't know but i definitely know i would not be as concerned or concerned at all with the controller which is a big thing for me when i was playing on xbox um so yeah you know, it's something that I think you could check out if you're if you're very 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 comfortable with first-person shooter mechanics on a controller, and you don't think it would be much of a problem. Uh, check it out because it I, I I'm a fan of these types of games, and it seems to be doing it fairly well. It's not the most visually striking game because it is simplistic, like the color scheme and all that does look nice and it gives it a good variety from seed to seed but it's still a very simplistic art style that may get a bit tiring to look at after a while but um yeah that's polygon then i also played unexplored unlocked edition on the switch gotta go for the switch and this is another roguelike because uh, I don't think anything carries over, but you play as a little ball circle thing with one eye and a little nose that he can make a bit bigger, and you have a cape, and I think you have an eyebrow and uh, some kind of hair, and you can change the color of things. But what I was most surprised by is you. It says, oh, you can change the color, but it's just like, okay, you can change it between a few different shades of yellow for your character. Like, the customi customization options for your character 
are very limited. I looked at it and thought, oh, this is going to give me a lot of options to choose the way, uh, choose how I look. And there weren't as many options as I thought, um, which was disappointing. But I'm like, who cares? I, the way I look doesn't matter. I don't care about the name or anything, so I can just use random generation for this. And, yeah, and the, the, the way the characters look are very reminiscent to the little like ball seed things in tumble seed to anyone who's also played that on switch which is another rogue like that i adore i really love it was one of my first switch games that i really loved undiscovered however is a game i don't love because everything about it feels incredibly clunky this is a i don't is a pc game first i believe that has come to consoles. I believe it's also coming to Xbox One and PS4. May already be out on those systems. I'm not sure. But on Switch, it just feels super clunky. In part because there are a lot of menus. Um, and the way you open up the menus is with the face buttons. And you attack with the triggers and the bumpers. And I think that is a weird choice. I think it would have felt so much more comfortable if the triggers were used for menu navigation and opening them up and closing them and the face buttons were used for your attacks and interacting with objects uh, because it just it feels a bit unnatural doing it the way the game has set up but then the game doesn't tell you all that much and just getting using objects using weapons Nothing is super clear. Nothing feels that intuitive. Walking around and attacking enemies just doesn't feel great. It's just like you, you run into an enemy and you attack it and then maybe it'll like bounce away. Maybe you'll bounce away. There are these enemies that seem to be all over the place that just puff smoke and then the entire screen goes black and you have to get out of the way. You have to move in some direction to get out of that little puff of smoke. Those are annoying. Um... I never feel like I find any kind of interesting loot or lore in these games. The the visuals, uh, the environments, and all that all that aren't all that visually striking or interesting. I feel like I'm saying visually striking multiple times, um, but it's very just a little. I don't want to say muddy. It's just very meh. Like I, I don't have a strong feeling about the visuals. They're just there, and I I don't think it looks terrible, but there's nothing about it that really stands out, and I'm like, oh, that looks really good. I, I like the way that looks. The enemy design, the environment, your character, nothing about it really stands out in any kind of strong, substantial way. It's just like, okay, that, that's a thing, and that's a thing, and that's a thing. And it's just like, oh. Um, and it also works on the, like, seed generation, so... Yeah, it can just jump into environments. Sometimes you'll get lucky, and sometimes you'll be unlucky and have an environment that is really, really dark, and you need to use a torch in all of it. Uh, which you know, that's that's fine. I don't mind that kind of uh, randomization and potentially getting a lucky seed or a bad seed. But the combat doesn't feel good. Messing with the menus, I do not enjoy at all. Um, I'm, it's not overly difficult in that i i'm able to get through a handful of dungeons areas what have you consistently every time 
if not more. And one really annoying thing about the game, and I don't know if this is just a Switch problem, is that when I'm, well, you kind of just, you don't walk through the environment, you kind of just float, glide through an environment, I don't know, because you're just a ball. Um, but every few minutes, the game will just pause for a second, and it'll, on the screen there will be some text that says, like, dungeon generating or whatever. So it has to constantly pause the game to generate more of the dungeon, it seems. And that is just a real big annoyance because it just seems like, okay, why? Why, why couldn't this? Because the, the, the map, the areas of the, the dungeons, uh, the areas you're in, aren't that big. So you'd think that maybe they're just, unless they're just constantly, they shouldn't be since they're based on the seed system, that they're just not randomly generating in real time. Um, but that's another game that I just, unlike with Polygod, I don't think it's a, a control issue. I don't, I don't think that changing the menus to the triggers and the attacks and interaction buttons to the face buttons would make the user experience much better. Um, I, I just think it's a, a rather boring game in a genre that is really becoming flooded with so many different options. And I can't think of any reason to pick Undiscovered over, or Unexplored, I can't even remember the name of it, over so many different roguelikes and lights out there uh, at the moment. Um, so yeah, and then the last game I played is Hero Defense, which is a tower defense game that came out on PC, I think, maybe two years ago. I played it a long time ago, and I think it may be initially launched in early access. And it's a tower defense game where you have, after a point in the story, in the campaign, you'll have five total heroes unlocked, and they're all good against different types of enemies. So it's like a Universal Monsters movie uh, or universe in terms of enemies and uh your heroes where you have vampires zombies werewolves uh, I, I i don't think they're like ghost things there's some other things but um all the enemies have a specific color associated to them and all the heroes have a specific color associated to them and of course the purple hero who is the werewolf hunter will do great damage against the werewolves, who are purple. So it's very easy to remember, uh, to see which hero will do the best damage, will be the best for uh, a specific enemy, because it's always right there showing you, okay, this one's purple, this thing's uh, blue, this is red. And you just have usually in the very beginning there's just one path but then in later levels they'll have multiple paths a green path and a yellow path and you'll have a little uh, color under the enemies telling you which path they'll be on as well and at times they'll have enemies on both paths at the same time so you have to split up your heroes but each hero has various self abilities uh, basic things like attack damage and all that but then you have like a wizard guy who's really good at skeletons he's your blue character he can create a, his aura if other heroes are in there 
they'll do better uh, greater damage against enemies so he's good to keep around uh, your um, other heroes but I, I can't remember if there are other heroes who have similar abilities that feed off of and and improve the other heroes but you just watch his waves come through and then you're constantly moving the characters around you can pause the game so that you can tell all the heroes where to go without wasting those precious seconds of letting the enemies uh, move a little bit there are certain power-ups that you get for each level uh, like a, a freeze bomb like a fire bomb i think a poison bomb and then this weird i don't know it's like a, a weird white guy with a beard face that makes <laughs> the enemies turn around and go backwards on the path i don't know what that is they're just scared of white people I don't know. They're scared of hipsters. Um, but that does that. Then you have an angry mob that you can send out that will go down a pathway and just attack enemies. Um, and you have a limited use of those throughout each level. And you can, of course, upgrade your characters in a level. When you kill enemies, they'll drop souls or souls equivalent that you can use to upgrade your characters. There are little spots in the environment that some are already used and they will increase a character's damage or their range some are character specific and will boost their personal stats and not any other characters you can uh over spots that aren't used that have like a little nut in them or whatever you can put in some kind of uh power up uh some kind of boost in there those cost gems, which you get in town. Um, so when you're not in a level, you go back to town and you'll eventually start repairing buildings. There's a, a bank, which you use to convert gold to gems, which you can use to upgrade your character's weapon to uh, put more runes and slots. There's, there's a lot going on in this game. Uh, at the forge, you can upgrade your various characters weapons so that they can hold more runes you can put runes together to make better runes and these runes will affect your character whenever you do level them up so they'll like increase the range make it cheaper for them uh, the cost of future upgrades etc and you improve that with the gems uh, in addition to using those gems the jewels for creating those boosts in the actual game, um, which only lasts at one time. So it, it's very kind of risky to do that in case you end up having a bad run. It'll just be a waste of those gems. There's a an academy, which you use to upgrade your characters and increase their attack power or their auras or their range, etc. Um, and then there is a town hall or city hall or something, which gives you information on enemies, but also... Upgrading that improves the attack power of your angry mob. And it's a solid tower defense game. It does feel a bit old at this point and definitely feels like a PC game that has been ported to console. There are times where like the menu navigation wasn't working um, or just it would highlight things that weren't there that maybe were additional options in the PC version. Um, and the thing like it just a, can be a bit clunky controlling everything at once 
and it, it would feel a bit better with a mouse and keyboard. Not that it feels bad with a controller. It's something that you get used to pretty quickly. It wasn't a big problem. My biggest issue with the game, though, is that in the story in the campaign, it forces you to replay levels way too early on. I think after I played maybe three levels, maybe four, I had to then replay those same three or four levels again because the the next level required a certain amount of stars to unlock. And in order to get those stars, I had to replay the other uh, levels on a higher difficulty. And I think forcing the player to replay the same levels multiple times so early on is a bad way of introducing them to the game because I don't want to just see the same environment over and over again. Um, so that I think that's a, a bad design choice. But then after that, you're, you're going through and you're just playing new levels. Then you come to a point where you do have to replay at least one level again. Um, but it's not as in your face and as drastic as having to replay pretty much all of the, the levels again so early on. Um, it does doyle out. Doyle out? I don't know if that's the right word, but I, I can't think of what I'm trying to think of if that's not. But um, like the new characters come out at, at a nice little pace. Uh, so you get time with each character before a new one is introduced. And it's it's a solid tower defense game. It's not my favorite uh, in the genre by any means, but it's also not terrible or anything it's a solid tower defense game and I, I don't feel like there's been a tower defense game in a while at least not on consoles that i can think of and this is an older one so it's something that people may have already played on pc but if you haven't it's definitely worth checking out because it's it's a solid tower defense game and I'm, I'm a fan of tower defense games so i've enjoyed my time with hero defense despite some of the issues i've had with it um but yeah of the games i have played this past uh, these past few days hero defense is definitely the the top of the bunch um so yeah i think that will do it for this episode because movie wise i don't know what the hell i watched i, I think i can't remember if it was called touch of evil or not but it's a <laughs> I don't know I, I don't want to talk about it I changed my mind because I can't remember the name of the actor is it George Orwell that doesn't sound right that sounds so wrong why does everything sound so wrong to me right now touch of evil it's it is touch of evil Orson Welles, George Orwell. Oh my God, I hate myself so much right now. Why, why? Oh, oh. But it's Orson Welles, and I don't know why I thought I confused Orson Welles and George Orwell, who are very different. Um, <laughs> I hate myself so much. You know, a normal person would probably cut this out of the episode. I'm not, but uh, Orson Welles. And he, I, I can't remember if he wrote it, but he directed it, and he's in it. And it's when he's, I, it might be the last movie he did, and he's really bloated and just, he looks like he's about to pop, and it's it's not a good look. But it also has Charlton Heston as a Mexican, which is really weird. But it's a film noir movie, and 
I thought it was really good. There are some really great uh, single shots in it. Um, the The opening shot is really nice. And I was engrossed from uh, start to finish. I, I was really surprised by it. Uh, so I, I would recommend checking it out. And just the, the most important thing I'd say about Touch of Evil is try and do your best to ignore the fact that Charlton Heston is playing a Mexican. Because it just it doesn't work at all. But it's there. And it's on Netflix, which is where I watched it. And it's something that had controversy when it came out because I think, I don't know the, the studio that released it, but they edited it heavily and that it was restored to the best of their ability to the version that Orson Welles wanted that he made like a 52 page note to the studio or something and then later on they restored it as best they could and that's the version on Netflix I believe so check that out if you want to watch Charlton as as a Mexican Anyway, that will do it for today's episode of the Pixelated Sausage Podcast. Once again, I am your host, Mark Nez. Y'all can find me on Twitter, Instagram, Xbox Live, my Animalist, Steam, Twitch, and all the usual places at PX Sausage on PSN. I am the Kush 3. The site is, of course, pixelatedsausage.com, where you can find this podcast and the Pixelated Paranormal Podcast, which are both available on podcast services across the globe, like Stitcher Radio, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. And if you like some crazy, kooky, colorful art, go over to pxsart.com and check out my art over there. And if you see something you like, click on it and get a little link. It'll take you to where you can purchase a print of the piece you fancy. And if you fancy supporting the site in general and everything we do, please go over to patreon.com slash pxs and support us that way. Every little bit helps. So, yes, that will do it. Bye. Bye.